the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our award-winning website, which is DePietro.com. Well, it is Tuesday and uh, no shortage of news and controversy, starting off with one of the most reprehensible people that you'd ever meet, one of the most reprehensible people that I've ever dealt with um, in politics is this Kate Coyne McCoy. And she is she emerged on the scene. I remember she ran for the congressional seat that Congressman Jim Langevin has right now. Uh, that was the first time I met her. She was a longtime friend with Mirth York. And she was a progressive, progressive. I mean, just like another uh, level of progressive socialists um i mean you could almost argue uh i always kind of struck me as like a man hater in a way i mean beyond like just supportive of women but so she was hired she wasn't a very good candidate but apparently was good behind the scenes was hired by the rhode island democrat party <clears throat> and now kate coin mccoy is under fire for folks and this is she takes to twitter and put, I hope it's it's wrong to hope he dies from COVID, right? Asking for a friend and talking about Lindsey, Senator Lindsey Graham. It, it's wrong to hope he dies from COVID, right? Asking for a friend, which is a joke. Lindsey Graham, folks, that is absolutely despicable. There's nothing funny about that. She is in a, this is where the Democrat Party of Rhode Island, I mean, as bankrupt as they are. This is where you're going to see, is this really the party of Governor McKee and Joe Sakachi, Speaker Sakachi, or is this the party of the far left, socialist, progressive left? Is someone who is a leading consultant to the Democrat Party of Rhode Island, are they going to be allowed to get away with in that type of statement, hoping that Senator Lindsey Graham, who then apparently tested positive um, in his quarantine, that he would die from COVID? Well, that they have a decision to make. They have a decision to make if, if this is going to set the tone for who they are. Now, that's totally who she is. And she even issued not an apology. She, you know, she's the type, never an apology. Folks, in, in her mind, she is the reason. When people talk about political divide, <clears throat> she is one of those individuals. You can't, there's no, com, there's no such thing as common ground. This is someone, it, it's, you, you have no right to have an opinion in her world. In a Kate Coyne McCoy world of, you know, an abortion clinic in every corner, and, you know, she had the whole white privilege, white guilt, white people are evil, hate America stance long before, like anyone that I was really speaking that loudly about it. But the Democrat Party of Rhode Island has a decision to make. Is that someone who's going to be a voice and face for the party? Someone that's that's wishing death. I think it's a... um kind of a watershed moment they they have to they cannot let this it blew up i'm glad nationwide but notice no apology from someone like her you know again she is one of those you can't there's you can't come into an agreement you can't have a conversation it's very simple she thinks she's right you're wrong there should be no discussion if you don't vote the way she wants you're evil period i can't even imagine what she thinks of trump the fact that 200,000 people in the state voted for him, the fact that 75 million people across the country voted for him. Um, Kate Coyne McCoy is, this is a, it's, it's, an, it's a non-movable, there's no discussion, there's no uh, non-negotiable demands, the epitome of that. But this is where Governor McKee has to decide, is that the type of party he wants to be? 
the leader of really is governor. I don't I don't think it is. And I don't think House Speaker Joe Sakachi, I don't think he that's the type of party he wants to be. Now there you know, some of her allies, folks, again, they are they're they're progressive socialists. She's even like to the far left of the squad. This is another level. Um, her type of politics is, you know, it ends justify the means, uh, total, you know, it, it doesn't, nothing is, is, uh, consistent. It's all just what they say in the moment and worth the cause. And I, I, the party needs to make a decision because this has become a national story. There's something else that's becoming a national story that can't escape. And that is that it's not your imagination. The city of Providence is completely out of control. Mayor Lorza has lost control of the city. He was nowhere to be found. Now, that girl that was killed from Warwick, uh, Maya, 24 years old. Now, granted, 3.30 in the morning, she's on Olney Street, University Heights, not the best area of the city, not the worst area of the city, but seemingly someone just rides by and doesn't even a total drive-by shooting. And they just point the gun out the window. Uh, they think it was just police at this point think it was completely random. She was with a male friend, I believe, who was walking to her car. Um, that is pretty late to be out. People have to understand that Providence is dangerous. But Mayor Lorza was completely invisible on Monday. I heard he took the day off. I mean, he he is the problem. Providence police could handle the city. They could handle policing. But you have to have someone that's going to have your back. And and also, I thought all lives matter. This this um this 24 year old girl from Warwick went to Uri, got her master's at Northeastern. Her, her mother is a, a associate professor, I believe, at Rhode Island College. Um and you know from what i understand she was a big just according to social media big black lives matter activist supporter in some way and they were completely silent yesterday and even that tiara mack state senator i mean that's i think that's her district you have a 24 year old girl from warwick granted white though so does that does her life i mean i does her life what her life doesn't matter uh, these people call a press conference when some people on, on um, you know, in South Providence on Sale Street are fighting with police and throwing bottles. And then a couple of people got pepper sprayed that they have a huge uproar press conference. Alorza immediately reacts to it. You have a 24 year old white girl from Warwick who's for no reason senseless murder. Definition of wrong place at wrong time standing on the sidewalk. If you haven't seen it. Go to my website, petro.com. I was at the scene last night. Um, they have like a little, I mean, it's sad, a little shrine around a telephone pole, some candles. One of her friends was there. Obviously very, very upset. She's 24 years old, but completely senseless murder. Alorza is nowhere to be found. And for that matter, Black Lives Matter, completely silent. What about her life? So she, I, and I don't fully know, but I think kind of might have been some of the people marching and chanting and you know, being at some of the demonstrations with Black Lives Matter, and then she's randomly, senselessly shot and killed at 3.30 in the morning, standing there early. You know, they went out Saturday night into early Sunday morning. And Black Lives Matter, not a statement, not a tweet, not a posting on their Facebook page, nothing. Nope. If she meant any of them, you certainly wouldn't know it. That state senator was a member of Black Lives Matter, Tierra Mack, that's her district if the girl meant you know just something someone is killed in your district and you still don't issue a statement i mean that's the part that i just find completely appalling folks it is coming unglued mayor Lorza, i want to repeat it again he has lost control of the city you know i remember, remember when terry francona uh left the red sox Terry Francona was having a meeting with management. I think he had, he had won the World Series with the Red Sox twice. But then it was the whole season of chicken and beer in, uh, in the clubhouse. And he even said to the management of the Red Sox, I, I think maybe they need a different voice down in that locker room. You know, that's what they say with coaches. When a, when a coach has lost the team, they say he's, you know, he's lost the locker room. And that can happen. A football team, they start off the season one and seven. 
and halfway through the season, they basically, no one's really going all out. People are already realizing it's a lost season. Nobody's fully putting in full effort. The coach is still trying to get everybody pumped. No one's really tuned in. He's lost his voice in the locker room. That is what Mayor Lorza has done in the city of Providence. To take the day off uh, yesterday and just decide he's going to, what, stay home? And I don't even know, babysit baby Omar or whatever he was doing. Um, he he is not fit. Now, also, keep in mind, there was a lot of violence after his big blow-up with Governor McKee last week. He had a violent reaction, and the city reacted in violence. But the city of Providence... Right now, it's a tinderbox. Does not have a leader. Mayor Alorza. And, and you can see the video on the website, depetro.com. D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. He uh, went scampering away as I was trying to get some uh, answers from him. All right, folks, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePetro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering. Call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L. It's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navient certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401 401- 351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them, 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering, 401-351-7600. Listening to the John DePietro Show, joining us right now, he is the General Counsel, American Conservative Union, as well as the director of the ACU Foundation's Nolan Center for Justice, it is David Safavian. David, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. I, I am very anxious to hear your thoughts on what could be done about this summer crime wave that is gripping the nation right now. 
Well, hey, good morning, and thank you for for uh, having me on this morning. Yeah, we we are really concerned about particularly the epidemic of violent crime, the surge in, in crime that's going on right now. You know, it's it's a little interesting because I talk to some of my friends on the left who say, well, crime remains pretty static. These are just blurbs, just minute spikes. And the fact of the matter is that while a whole bunch of crimes have, have stayed low, property crimes, you know, who burglarizes an apartment when everyone's locked in it because of pandemic? It makes sense that those crimes have dropped. Murder has jumped by by 33% across the country on average. And it's it's a real problem. Um, the, 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 the challenge we have is that, uh, the, you know, our law enforcement is not feeling backed. They're not feeling supported. This is a, a direct connection to the defund the police movement. And when when police sit in their cars with their windows up, driving in circles rather than engaging in the in the community, these are the types of things that happen. So, you know, first and foremost is we have to kind of reset expectations with our, our law enforcement officers, make sure that they're supported, fill the gaps, make sure that we have full strength police departments uh, so that we're taking violent crime head on. David, did you see... Uh... It was on ABC's This Week, not to put you on the spot, but Pierre Thomas of ABC did a full report. I guess they tracked the shootings and murders in the course of a week in in America. Um, I didn't realize, it may have been featured on ABC World News Tonight, but it was definitely on ABC's This Week with Stephanopoulos. Uh, Pierre Thomas, who's who's normally there, I think he's always um, on, on Capitol Hill. But any, did you happen to catch that at all? I didn't. I got to say, I'm not a big George Stephanopoulos fan. All right, well, anyhow... Uh, but they he they talk about they feel that there's there's in every community there's certain groups limited groups number of people that truly are the bad actors and but for some reason you know they're they're committing the the bulk of the crime but the police seem unable to stop these small groups of people it's like they know who it is who the bad people are but they're not stopping them does that also coincide with i mean what are your thoughts on that that you have hit the the core issue of the crime rate squarely on the head um the vast majority of crimes are committed by repeat offenders and you know this is going to sound a little strange but i think we have to lay the blame largely on our prison system Uh, This is what Donald Trump did when he passed the First Step Act, okay? What he did was, to take you back, in 2018, he passed this legislation that basically created incentives for prisoners in the federal system to take all of the anti-recidivism programming that has been proven to cut the, the chances of someone returning to prison or jail. Right. So getting a GED, getting mental health treatment, getting opioid addiction treatment, all of these things, if you engaged in it while you were behind bars, it ended up helping you at the back end so you could go to home confinement sooner. You were still convicted. You were still uh, technically incarcerated, but you got to move from from a prison to your home and have an ankle bracelet on Uh, creating incentives to encourage people to do that kind of hard work of self-improvement has been proven time and time again at the state level to cut recidivism. There's a strain of folks that believe, you know, in the whole, you do the crime, you do the time. And I, I believe that you got to take responsibility for your actions. This is part of our core ethos at American Conservative Union. But if we can, uh, you know, provide the mechanisms for people to learn to engage with society in a way that doesn't break the law that's the surest way to the lowest crime rate we have not done that we have been more than happy just to throw people away for draconian periods of incarceration and when we treat folks like animals and they let and then we let them out are we really surprised that they're going to go back and act like animals uh the answer is we shouldn't be so part of the solution here is uh using those prison cells which cost a hell of a lot of money those prison cells should be reserved for the people we fear, not as much for the people we're mad at. And then take some of the savings right. put into that programming so that when people do come out of prison or jail, they're not as likely to reoffend. You know, that is an excellent point. And again, folks, so speaking with David Safavian, General Counsel, American Conservative Union. You know, David, at this day and age, especially, you know, with COVID, certain prisoners were getting uh, released from prison early because of that. 
it, what you just said is exactly right. It as you really step back, it it makes when you have nonviolent offenders. There are people that they're involved with crime or they do things wrong, but they're nonviolent. It it's so costly to then keep them locked up and and treat them the same as a dangerous murderer, someone that you know brutally killed either one or or more people. Well, and let me give you a perfect example of that dynamic. Um, during the height of the pandemic, Congress authorized the federal system to send more people to home confinement, particularly those people that were not risks to their community, right? So 1.28 thousand or so folks were sent to home confinement out of the federal system. Today, about 7,200 are still on home confinement. But because of the way the law was drafted, they, as soon as the pandemic emergency is declared ended, they go back to prison. Now, this cohort of people reoffended at less than 1%. 28,000 people, of the 28,000 people, only 21 of them committed crimes while they were on home confinement. So to give you a comparison, the, the reoffense rate for federal prisoners is 49.3%. Almost half come out and do bad things again. This group, less than 1%, came out and did bad things. Why would we send this group of people back who have reengaged, they've gotten jobs, apartments, they're connected with their families, send them back to prison when it offers no public safety value whatsoever? All it's going to do is cost a quarter of a billion dollars a year to lock up those people. Yep. And, and it's just silly. Again, folks, so speak with David Savavian, General Counsel, American Conservative Union. David, let's get back to the crime wave, though. What What could be done... Could anything be done between now, let's just say if I made you king for the day, between now and Labor Day, what, what could be done to try to stem the crime, summer crime rate right now in the United States? First and foremost, we need more cops on the street. Mm. Um, you know, what we saw in the data, and, and we're all about data. This is not about, you know, my friends on the left like to talk about things with emotion. This is about data. What we saw was that that the spike in crime happened when right after the george floyd murder and there was all there were all these calls to defund the police right so um retirements uh, exploded 42 percent increase in retirements people quit the law enforcement profession 18 percent of people who were wearing badges decided just to quit and go do something else we need to fill all those spots the problem is we're having good we're having recruiting problems finding the people that want to wear the badge for the right reason is posing a challenge because who wants who wants a job that everybody gets to monday morning quarterback when they make a mistake they're subject to either lawsuits uh, job terminations or worse yet you know prosecutions you know, these are split second decisions. I'm a former police officer. I know what it's like. And and to um, we need to, you know, this sounds soft and mushy, but we need to, exp you know, show our law enforcement community that we have their backs. That doesn't mean we have their backs when they do bad things. You know, corruption, clear violations of rules and regs, uh, police brutality, that all has to be held accountable. But we need to make sure that the right rhetoric coming out of our politicians is supportive of law enforcement. And I think, you know, this is not a left-right decision. People in Baltimore, people in Providence, people in my hometown of Detroit want more cops on the streets. We need to make sure that we've got the funding there to hire them, that we need to pay them fairly, that we need to bonus them when they do the right things. There are, that is going to be the key to reducing crime. You know, David, before I let you go, one thing, and you're exactly on the money, is... Um what this is also the other side the defund the police crowd the abolish the police they they play the long game they they recognize this isn't going to happen right away but like anything else think of over the next five years they keep this pressure on that anyone that steps out of line makes a mistake boom vilified highlighted you know if it's bad now think of what it's going to be like in in five years over time this type of pressure it's gonna it's gonna have an effect it absolutely is you know, I, I I agree with you and I disagree with you. I think the whole defund the police argument really has hit its high watermark. People recognize that it makes zero sense. The problem we have to focus in on in that regard are are the prosecutors across the country that choose not to enforce the law. Yep. Um, you know, they've got to do things properly. They've got to do things with balance and fairness and recognizing the big picture, but saying we're not going to prosecute a whole category of crimes. All that does is, is encourage small-time offenders to become big-time offenders. So 
our, our, you know, this is where our vote counts. We have to vote the people in that back the police, that back the meeting or the rule of law. And, you know, these people that decide, I, I, I personally disagree with this charge or that charge, so I'm not going to prosecute any of them. Those people are not doing their duty and they need to be held accountable. Folks, he's David Savavian, General Counsel, American Conservative Union. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110-508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Breathe clearly now, my mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see. Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, 
land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Cole. Folks, joining us right now, as I said, is Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, and now CriticalRace.org, president of Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. It is my absolute pleasure and honor to welcome to the program the one and only William Jacobson. Good afternoon, Bill Jacobson. Thanks for having me on. First of all, thank you for everything you do. Your website is absolutely rocketing right now. You introduced us to Nicole Salas. You introduced us to Ramona Bessinger. And Bill Jacobson, I'm willing to bet that there are other teachers out there that probably have a similar story to tell. Well, I think there are. I mean, I think people just need some examples of coming forward. And Nicole, who's not a teacher, she's uh, just a local mother, yes. but also Ramona, who is a teacher. Yep. People need to alert the world to what's going on. And, and at Legal Insurrection Foundation, this is what we do. We bring forward stories. We vet them. We um, highly rated for accuracy of our reporting. And we want to hear from people. If you're a parent, if you're a teacher, uh, and you see things that are going on, you can come to LegalInsurrection.com. We have a contact form, and you can contact us. And we want to hear from you. I can't promise that we'll publish something. We do an extensive vetting process to make sure that you are who you say you are and that your facts are right. But if the story checks out and if we think it's newsworthy, we're, you know, we want to put it on the website and get it some attention. Bill Jacobson, um, right now we're in mid to late July. When when did critical race theory first start to appear on, on your radar and the radar of legal insurrection? Well, I've actually followed it really almost since law school because one of my classmates, um, Kimberly Crenshaw, is one of the developers of critical legal theory and eventually critical race theory. So I've always been aware of it. That's going back to 1984. Um, And I was at Harvard Law School, which is where critical race theory and critical legal theory really developed. If you look at the early people, the early professors doing it, that's where it was. So I've been aware of it for over 30 years. It was more and more on our radar, but it really jumped onto my radar last summer. It was almost now to the day that the president of Cornell University announced uh, in the wake of the George Floyd killing and the protests and the riots that Cornell was going to become an anti-racist campus. And I really wasn't sure what that meant. And they assigned, not assigned, but proposed summer reading for the entire university. Ibram Kendi's book, How to Become an Anti, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and it was available free to people who had a you know Cornell ID. So I read it, and I was absolutely horrified. It was an ideology which, while they use the term anti-racist, that's complete deception. It is actually a very racially discriminatory ideology. And so I read this thing, and I said, "Oh my God!" Uh, and we started to look into it at the foundation. We have researchers. And originally, I was going to write a an op-ed or an article someplace about it. And the deeper we got into it, the the more we realized how pervasive it was. And, and so we rolled out a website in February called CriticalRace.org, which documents uh, critical race training in higher education. We have an interactive map. You can click on a state, click on a school, and see what's happening. And then we began to hear from people all over the country because the website got a lot of attention um we got a million views within a day of us taking it public wow and yeah wow so uh so we began to hear from parents saying when are you going to do k through 12 and so we hadn't really been alerted until about february that k through 12 is really where the problem is i read is pretty far gone already yeah but k through 12 is where the action is so i'd say it's been a progression since last summer but 
certainly by February of this year, it was front and center for us. Folks, again, we're speaking with uh, Bill Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, also founder of Legal Insurrection. But we're really trying to highlight the website now, which is criticalrace.org. And he's also the president of the Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. You know, Bill, you've been in academia and been in that world. What what really stood out to me um, in speaking to Ramona yesterday, which was... Like suddenly she noticed all of these poorly written pamphlets and being distributed and clean out these books and this is the new way. And like just that in itself raises red flags because it was it's pretty unprecedented and it's normally pretty difficult to get uh, onto the list of like required reading and uh, really have schools pick up your uh, published literature in that to me like really stood out to me simply because i have family members that are in education and they talk about how difficult it is to somehow get something in and approved in school departments to pick it up and boy that was a real red flag that they they just started writing and not even in in book form but like in pamphlet form yes i mean that that is truly astounding that something could just show up like that usually it's a whole process to change a curriculum and particularly where the books that were being used, which are great authors and including great African-American authors, just being literally people coming into the classroom and boxing them up to be recycled. This is something out of like a horror movie about, you know, a totalitarian society where they just come in and they start grabbing great novels and replacing them with propaganda pamphlets. Uh, this is something you would expect in the you know Chinese Cultural Revolution time. So that was really that really jumped out at me that you know this change. How how does this happen? And I don't know how it happened in Providence. I mean that's something that maybe we'll get into. But one of the things people need to realize there is enormous enormous. I can't emphasize how much money is behind the effort to change curriculums around the country, to change uh, and to push things towards a a race-based or race-oriented curriculum. There are hundreds of organizations. Uh, We documented this on the website. We found that uh, one of them, a coalition of over 300 groups, including the National Education Association, um, created a messaging guide um, on a group called Future of Learning. It's 300 groups, a coalition, including national unions, and they are funding a lot of this stuff. Their members are funding huge foundations. This myth that somehow there's all sorts of right-wing dark money behind the anti-CRT pushback. It's exactly the opposite. There's hundreds of millions of dollars going into pushing this stuff. And what you have in reality is a lot of parents like Nicole standing up and saying, wait a second, this isn't what I bargained for here. What, what is the, uh, the win for, in fact, say, the AFT or NEA Rhode Island, Randy Weingarten? What, what's their angle of why they're going so deep on this and getting behind it? I don't know, but the unions are behind a lot of this. They are all on board with it. Uh, I don't know what their ultimate agenda is. So I can't really speak to that. They, some of them are probably true believers. They oh. believe the stuff. Yeah. Um, and others, it's a power thing. Uh, so I don't really know what their end game is, but I know that what the result is going to be is more racial strife, not less. And it's going to be more teachers like Ramona who feel they're being targeted because of their skin color. So that's, that's what's going to happen. But I don't know what the unions have for this. Folks, again, we're speaking with Bill Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, also president of the Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. And if you're listening right now and you happen to be a teacher related to one, please visit the website. Or, folks, if you're just a parent and you want to learn more, visit the website, which is criticalrace.org. You know, Bill, something that also stood out to me with um, both Nicole and Ramona is they kind of went into this trying to well start i'll start with nicole she started out as just a parent that wanted to find out more information and was almost taken aback at how quickly they go to the mat and almost you know i mean that was really still incredible how they put her name and they may take legal action like they they don't hesitate 
to immediately bring out the big guns and try to make an example out of her. Well, that was what was so amazing about Nicole is that she was, in a sense, an involuntary activist. She only became publicly known when they put her name on the school committee agenda to possibly sue her. I mean, who does that? Nobody does that. Mm. When they issued these horrific statements smearing her, which we now know were drafted by a public relations firm, trying to associate her with national racist groups, which is completely untrue. Um, And so, you know, they went after her pretty seriously. And one thing that came out at the school committee meeting, because I watched it online, it was Zoom, is that they never approached her to try to resolve anything. They just went right after her, tried to attack her legally, tried to attack her reputation. Uh, I don't understand this unless they're hiding something. You know, people who act like they have something to hide very frequently are hiding something. And whether we get to that, who knows? And also uh, the situation with Ramona, you know, the old expression, don't kill the messenger. It's like they're not even... Whoever put this together, like, are they even realizing the consequences of forcing uh, a Caucasian instructor to attempt to teach this and put out the information? And and suddenly, you know, she can, you know, truly feel the tense uh, environment that it creates. And it's it's not her imagination. They they are getting resentful towards her and really anyone who happens to be Caucasian. Well, you know, I don't know, again, what the the goal is here, unless it's just a pure power play, which it might be, or unless they are people who are just, you know, just feel so aggrieved that they have to visit whatever pain they think they've been through on other people. Uh, you know, so it is a complete, it's a societal dead end. There was just a an article in the New York Post, I think it was yesterday, an op-ed by a guy who was an anti-apartheid accident. Uh, activist in South Africa. So he's got credibility. Uh, And he wrote about what this critical race theory is doing in the U.S. And he said it is exactly what has happened in the last few years in post-apartheid South Africa, where you have all the strife because everything centers around race. Uh, And he said, I really recommend people do, you know, look for that. I forget his name, but really astounding. And he says this obsessive focus on race being the center of everything the end result is perpetual societal strife increased hatred so it's possible to be for equality it's possible for to be for treating people respectfully without regard to race but i think the problem that ramona is facing and that we're facing as a society there's this a specific significant part of our society who controls education, who believes that that perpetual, um, never-ending racial conflict is a good thing. I mean, that is the whole anti-racism narrative. That is the whole critical race narrative, that our society is systemically racist. You can never 100% get rid of it, but you have to fight it every day. It almost becomes a religion. And it's going to take us to a very bad place. What Ramona is going through is really like the canary in the coal mine. It's a warning to our society that what we are doing is really going to rip our society apart. And it is going to do the opposite of what a lot of naive, well-intentioned people think it's going to achieve, which is greater racial equality. What do you think of uh, people like Mayor Lors, the mayor of Providence now, wants to offer reparations and really put this front and center. He's also doing a side project of basically having a lottery to start to award people a monthly supplement to spend whatever they want. But he is still hell-bent going down this reparations path. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to tell you, John, I don't follow local politics okay. that much. Understood. As, uh, but I have seen about reparations, obviously, both in a general matter. Uh, you know, I think reparations is another thing. Who Who Reparations for people who, you know, were victims of John Crow themselves or descendants, you know, immediately in the generation after slavery. I mean, you can make an understanding for that, but you're asking people who did nothing, people who were born 20 years ago, uh, people who have never discriminated to bear that cost. And what is what is that going to do? It's just going to create more resentment. 
It's going to, you know, uh, not really achieve anything. And I can't speak to his plan, but I think a lot of these plans are just money grabs. That yeah. people who think they can get money for something, um, you know, people who may not themselves have ever been the victim of anything, uh, getting money from people who themselves never victimized anybody. Right. Uh, if what it comes down to is that, you know, it's everything's based on color of skin. So if you're a white child born in Providence, you now have this obligation uh, because you're an oppressor. And if you're a black child born in Providence, you now have, um, you know, a victim. I mean, what kind of narrative is that for society? Oh. That is like one of the worst things we could possibly do. Folks, again, we're speaking with uh, William Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, president of Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. And more importantly, again, the website is criticalrace.org. Hey, Bill, what about in uh, with Nicole's case where some of the people that were speaking up in South Kingstown, and this is one of the refrains you hear, uh, if you're against critical race theory, then that makes you a racist. I would argue just the opposite. <laughs> I mean, critical race theory, which focuses everything on race, is a very racial narrative. And so I don't accept that at all. And certainly the the narrative of the quote-unquote anti-racism, as articulated by Kendi, who is the most commonly read book on it, advocates racial discrimination. Kendi's most famous formulation is that current discrimination is justified to remedy past discrimination and future discrimination is justified to um, remedy current discrimination. So that entire narrative is one of racial discrimination. So we have come to a bizarre point in our education system and to some extent our political and social media system where advocating against being racist actually gets you called a racist. So I I don't accept their language. I think it's very pernicious. Uh, and it is not something that people need to shy away from. But I can tell you, if you stand up and you say this focus on race is not healthy, you will be called names without yeah. a doubt. And that's how they silence people. And what about finally, uh, otherwise intelligent people that sometimes I agree with, but writing things like, oh, no, critical race theory is important because children need to know history. Well, one thing has nothing to do with the other. I mean, as remote. Una, you know, wrote, and as I think she even testified before the state Senate, um, these are subjects that have been taught. I mean, they were reading books, you know, by great black authors about Jim Crow, about slavery. This was all being taught. The difference is it was being taught along with other things. And what critical race theory in education tries to do is to distort history. Mm. Uh, Like the 1619 Project was maligned really seriously by uh, historians, actual historians who said, what you're saying is factually not correct. The The Revolutionary War was not about maintaining slavery. Right. It's just not true. Huh. And you're trying to make things. So the 1619 Project is a perfect example of a distortion of history in order to push a racial narrative. And, and uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones even tweeted in a tweet that we saved but has now been taken down that her whole project is about the narrative of history. So it's not critical race theory in education and what would be taught to your kindergartners and your fifth graders is not about teaching history. It's about creating a narrative of the United States as a systemically irredeemably racist society in order to justify continued conflict and then justify shaming children because of their skin color. And when they shame white children, it's also in a sense shaming black children because it's sending a message to those black children that somehow they are born victims, that they are somehow born less equal than their white compatriots. What is worse than that message? Folks, again, he is president of Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation, Cornell Law school professor and also founder of Legal Insurrection. The website is criticalrace.org. He is William Jacobson. Bill, I mean it. Great to talk to you. Keep up the good work, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, 
third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the All-White Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that, and I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs, born a blue-blooded snoot. His birth was a black tie affair. It's all who you know, like Klaus von Bülow. He just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue. <laughs> You'll never hear Sheldon complain. He likes clubs with white faces with the lead waspy crowds. Where for decades kept the Jews away. And BLF cannot stay. He's not big on diverse faces. Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis. Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces. Oh, yeah. Do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You have the marks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age. Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401 401- 785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall workplace injury fight back call jack free consultation 401-785-9400 50 years personal injury law experience and his office 100 years combined total with the staff fight back call jack 401 401- 785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400. Or online. Fight back calljack.com continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with lawn doctor of rhode island contact them today for a free quote 401-392-1025 or online lawndoctor.com a lot more summer ahead plus the fall lawn doctor of rhode island your best lawn ever guaranteed call for a free quote today 401-392-1025 Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's lawndoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025.